This episode provides legal information. However, it is not intended to constitute legal advice, nor should it be used in lieu of seeking advice specific to your circumstances. Are you feeling out of your depth attempting to parent your child's online world? Parenting in Cyberspace is brought to you by Parentline and the Queensland Government. This season talks about supporting young people's online well-being and experiences with cyberbullying. Cyberbullying is a very complex and ever-changing area of the law, so a good idea is for parents and carers and for the young people to, to stay up to date. In this episode of Parenting in Cyberspace, I'm delighted to be joined by Inez, who is a Senior Solicitor at Youth Law Australia. Youth Law Australia is a national technology-based community legal service. In her role, Inez provides legal advice and information to young people under 25 and their advocates and parents around Australia. Young people and their advocates can contact Youth Law Australia online 24-7 for legal advice or information or on 1800 950 570 during normal business hours. Inez, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Alia. I wanted to start by asking you to tell us a little bit more about Youth Law Australia and how it provides support to young people and to their advocates or to their parents and carers. Sure, thank you. So, Youth Law Australia, as Ali mentioned, is a national technology-enabled community legal centre, which gives free and confidential legal advice and information to young people under 25 and their parents and advocates around Australia. When a young person is experiencing a legal issue like cyberbullying, it can be stressful for that parent or advocate too, and quite confusing to know what to do. Providing emotional support is obviously critical, so counselling, including via parent line and kids' helpline for the child or young, young person can be a big part of that. But of course, there are also many practical and legal options uh, to consider, along with what's best for the child or young person and their views also on the matter. Youth Law Australia exists to take the confusion out of these options and to give practical advice in a way that all young people and their parents or carers can understand. That's amazing. And I think it's so great to have a service which kind of breaks down the legalities for people, which can be really difficult to understand, especially when it comes to the online space, because things are kind of forever changing in the online space. And so the law is trying to constantly evolve and catch up with those things or encompass them when they do change. In terms of cyberbullying, which you mentioned is something that you provide legal support for, what are some of the things that you would see most? So at Youth Law Australia, we see a wide range of cyberbullying matters from all around the country. So often we're contacted by the young person directly who's experiencing the, the issue, but sometimes we're also contacted by a parent or a carer on their behalf. So in the first half of this year, most of our cyber matters that we dealt with uh, involved sexting, image-based abuse or bullying and harassment. I guess to break that down a little bit further, so image-based abuse can happen when a young person shares an intimate or nude photo with somebody else and that other person distributes or shares that photo often online without that young person's consent. Apart from this, we often see young people receiving harassing or threatening messages on social media platforms or sometimes as harmful posts or comments about a young person online. And I guess another issue that we do commonly see is when someone posts false information about a young person online and this might involve them creating a fake uh, social media profile about a young person. 
So I guess these are just some examples. Uh, the lawyers at Youth Law Australia are experienced with dealing all kinds of cyberbullying uh, matters. So we're well placed to, to help in any kind of harmful online experience that a young person might go through. I think the thing that's so great about what you're saying there and how you can provide support and what you mentioned earlier is that it really is that sort of wraparound support. It's providing the emotional support for someone who perhaps has had images shared that were intended to be private and that can be a really stressful situation for them. So getting the young person support through services like Kids Helpline or other counselling support services as well as getting support for parents and advocates who I can imagine would be so stressed if they're at the point where they're coming to you for legal support they're really in that sort of heightened state so I think it's so great that uh, like part of what you're saying there is the importance of having that wraparound care for parents and carers specifically if they are coming to you because their young person is experiencing any of these kinds of issues so cyberbullying or photos that were intended to be private are being distributed how can Youth Law Australia provide support directly to parents and carers? There's a range of ways that we do this. To start with, Youth Law Australia's website, which is yla.org.au, has lots of useful information about the laws and options that apply to uh, many cyberbullying or online experiences that a young person may face. So, the information online that we have is often really useful for parents and carers as, as well as young people. And for parents and carers who are comfortable to act by themselves, this, is, this might be all they might need. You know, they might go and have a look on our website and be comfortable to take some of the steps we recommend on there and the issue is resolved. But obviously, if a parent or carer has any um, other question or wants specific advice, that's where our free confidential legal service, which we call Get Help Now, can assist. So it can be accessed by email, by web form online, by phone on our 1-800 number and soon by live chat. And we talk plainly and not in legalese. Youth Law Australia's Get Help Now service is staffed by lawyers who have experience in this area and who give, as we've spoken about, both the practical and legal information and advice to parents and carers and young people. So when we're dealing with a cyberbullying matter, we can help the parent and carer to understand, firstly, the practical solutions or steps they can take, and often the matter might be resolved through these avenues and without having to resort to the legal avenues. But secondly, we can also help the parents and carers and the young people to understand what the law says and how the law can help them. And this way, parents and carers can come to an informed decision about what best next steps they can take to help their young person or child. What are some of the practical steps that young people can take either on their own or supported by their parent or carer before potentially going down a legal avenue when they're experiencing cyberbullying or image-based abuse? It will really depend on what kind of cyberbullying matter we're talking about. But one of the practical tips that we're often recommending is if the cyberbullying is happening online on a social media platform, so like Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. An initial step is to report the cyberbullying through the uh, inbuilt reporting functions on the social media platform. And this can be a really simple and effective way to get the harmful post or account taken down. Other simple steps we often recommend is the young person blocking the bully online. So that 
equally can no longer contact them at all online. And uh, another way to kind of prevent this is by the young person updating their privacy settings on the social media platform, which means, you know, they can agree to to whoever can see or um, comment on their posts. And obviously that means if, if there's someone they don't want to, to see or comment, they can not accept that person's request. An example of these practical steps working well is uh, where a client, let's call her Sarah, Sarah was 18. She contacted us because there was a video of her taken at a party that was posted online on TikTok. She didn't agree to the video of her being posted online. And although there was nothing actually inappropriate shown in the video of her, she didn't want it up on TikTok. And there were quite a few comments on the TikTok post that she found harassing and threatening and were from people that she didn't even know. So one of our first practical recommendations to Sarah in that case was to report the post and particularly the harassing and threatening uh, comments. And in that case, you know, within a day or two, TikTok did take down the post and, and took down the comments. So a very simple practical step that she was able to take, but it, it had the outcome that she wanted. Another practical step that we often recommend if reporting to the social media platform isn't working or it's, it's not working quick enough is that the young person or the parent or carer makes a report to the e-safety commissioner online, which I'm sure you probably heard a lot about. So the e-safety commissioner is an independent government agency. It has legal powers to intervene in serious cases of cyberbullying when it involves someone under 18. And they do also have powers to take down um, intimate or nude photos of a person that's been posted online without that person's consent. The commissioner can, you know, similarly to the social media platform, um, but with a bit more formal legal powers, it can act quickly to get harmful posts or accounts taken down. So while these practical steps, uh, reporting to the social media platform, reporting to eSafety Commissioner can be really effective in some cases, in other cases it will be beneficial or necessary uh, for a young person or their parent um, or carer to get legal advice about the situation and to understand the laws that might apply. And that's where Youth Law Australia's free confidential legal service comes in to help young people and, and particularly, you know, their parents and carers in this situation. It's so useful to understand how and where taking legal steps fits into the overall picture of taking action against cyberbullying. I think particularly understanding that it's not something that's done instead of reporting to the platform or to the e-safety commissioner, but rather it's an avenue which can be taken in addition to those steps or alongside them. And I wanted to highlight two of the words that you used there, which were harassing or threatening. So anyone who is familiar with the law in this area or who has looked it up before will probably have seen those words popping up. And I'd like to ask you to explain a little bit about what those words and that phrase as a whole means in this context. I guess something to be aware of is, is the law is quite complex and it can be uh, sometimes a bit unclear in terms of actually defining what is harassing um, conduct online, what, what is threatening conduct online. But there are numerous laws that can apply to cyberbullying and really the laws that might apply and the legal options that you might have uh, depend on what form of cyberbullying it, it's taking. So, as we've spoken about before, sharing an intimate image of somebody without their consent, you know, that's actually a crime under state laws in Australia. So that does mean that, that a parent 
or carer or the young person who's actually affected by the problem can make a report to the police if an um, intimate image or nude image of them has been shared without their consent. And so the police may be able to take action and actually investigate and assist uh, with the situation in, in those cases. There's also other criminal laws that can apply, and I guess these come in when we talk about harassing or threatening online conduct. So, for example, there's a national law that makes it a crime to use a phone or the internet, so email or social media, anything like that, to menace, harass or cause offence. There's also a national law that makes it a crime to use a phone or the internet to threaten to seriously harm another person. It's important to remember that the, the uh, threshold for these crimes is quite high. So you, while parents and carers can definitely report online conduct or cyberbullying to the police that they think you know is very serious, it's important to know the police, the action they might take and whether or not they will take action will depend whether they, you know, the serious risk of harm to the, to the young person. But despite this, you know, there's definitely other legal options and assistance that, you know, we can provide. So, for example, where Youth Law Australia thinks that a crime might have been committed in a cyberbullying experience, we can help the young person write to the other person involved, so, so the bully, or we can sometimes write on behalf of the young person to the bully. To give you an example is for a client, let's call them Jane. So Jane was 15 years old. She contacted us via our Get Help Now form on our website. She asked us for help about nude images of herself that she'd sent through social media to a boy she knew called Tom. Tom was around her age. She, you know, she trusted, she knew Tom. She didn't think anything would happen. But Tom did save down the nude images from the social media application and shared them with other people. Jane came to us very stressed about the situation, very worried and, you know, wanted to know what her options were, you know, legally how the laws might apply and, and what she could do. So we gave legal advice to Jane about those state laws that I spoke about and about the fact that, you know, Tom did commit a crime by sharing the images without her consent. Um, in that situation, we drafted a document for Jane to send to Tom, which set out the crimes that Tom might have committed in, you know, sharing that intimate image without her consent. And the document asked Tom to stop sharing the images immediately and to delete all the images that he had. We make sure we draft these documents, obviously, in an age-appropriate way, particularly when we're sending it to another young person. And we found they can be a quite effective way of making sure the other young person actually understands that what they've done is against the law. Because, you know, the reality is some young people don't understand that, you know, it can actually be a crime to, mm. to do things like this. So we can find they can be, be really effective. And in this case, the document was. And Tom, you know, after receiving that document from Jane, he reached out to Jane, apologised and said, look, I've I've deleted all the images. I'm, I'm promise I won't send them any further. You know, I've realised that what, I, what I've done was wrong. So a really great outcome in that case. I think that that's so reassuring for a lot of people, uh, especially in the sense that just because something is a crime and is extremely serious, it doesn't necessarily have to result in like a drawn out legal matter mm. where people are arguing in court like we yeah. might see on TV or something like that. It can just be having communication with the person expressing what they've done, why it's wrong, why it's illegal and what 
the person affected by that behavior would like to happen as a result of that. And that can really get the outcome that the person is seeking. Yeah, that that's right. Because, you know, the reality is a lot of young people wouldn't want to end up with a matter, you know, going to court and they're looking to resolve situations and particularly, you know, um, maybe vulnerable situations with cyberbullying quickly as, as possible so they can move on with their lives and try not to worry about it any further. So that's why, you know, we can really, in some circumstances, help to stop the cyberbullying, get harmful post images removed, and that young person can then move on. And obviously, the parent or carer in that situation can be much more relieved and can see that their young person's not feeling worried or stressed about the situation as well. Absolutely. Moving into that sort of next phase of the situation. And I think the other thing that's so great about that, that I just thought of while you were speaking there, is that it really puts that young person at the centre of the decision-making process. What would they like to happen next? How would they like to proceed with the matter, which is such a huge part of what we've talked about in this podcast is the importance of understanding what the young person wants, why they want that, and then seeing if it's possible to get that outcome for them. Yeah, that that's something we're always thinking about because as much as our service, we do assist parents and carers to help their young person. You know, we, we are a service that provides legal advice to young people aged 24 and, and under. So it's great if the young person can contact us directly, but obviously we're more than happy to talk to a parent or carer if they contact us on behalf of a young person, particularly whether, you know, the young person's worried about speaking to a lawyer, mm. un- understandably. But we do obviously always want to know and understand and, and be, you know, comfortable that the parent or carer is acting in the child's best interests. So that that is something that that we consider and, you know, that we really encourage that young person to be um, involved in any kind of conversation that we're having with the parent or carer. So we really want to hear their views on the the matter as well and, and make sure that we're giving the best advice based on what they want as well. So we encourage any parent or carer who does contact us to, you know, involve their child in that. And, you know, particularly if that's calling us on our 1-800 number, that's having the child there as well who can speak to us at the same time as the the parent. Yeah, absolutely. Doing it with them rather than for them kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. That is such a great outline, I think, of the kind of criminal action that can be taken against people who have either engaged in cyberbullying or, like we sort of mentioned in our examples today, shared intimate images of someone without their consent or of someone who's underage. In terms of other legal avenues, what is available to people in this space? I guess apart from criminal laws, there's also civil laws that can apply in in situations. Um, One of the most common examples of a civil law applying that we see is when cyberbullying involves the spreading of false information about a young person or, you know, the putting up of a fake profile about a young person. So in situations like this, defamation laws can apply. So that's when someone spreads false information about another person which hurts their that other person's reputation. In these cases, we Youth Law Australia might be able to help by drafting a letter which can be sent to the person who's posted or shared the false information to let them know, you know, that what they've shared is actually defamatory 
and lets them know that uh, that young person might actually proceed with taking formal legal action against the person who's who shared or, or put up the, the false information unless the person does does something. So often in those letters, we might be asking the person who's who shared or published the false information to, to take down that false information if it was posted online, to make an apology to the young person who was affected, and sometimes to promise, you know, not to, to publish any false information again. Other laws or policies that might apply that, you know, kind of fall outside of the, the criminal law realm is when cyberbullying happens in a school setting. Mm. So when it's happening between students at a school, the school's anti-bullying policies actually might apply. So we really encourage parents or carers to have a look at the bullying policies that a school might have. Some schools' policies are very thorough and they'll set out this is exactly what we do when cyberbullying is happening between students at a school and these are the steps that we're going to take. Other times the policies aren't quite as, <laughs> as thorough, but this doesn't mean that the parent or carer and the young person can't have a conversation with the school and you know, particularly the principal to understand you know, what the school can do and should be doing to help. So apart from schools needing to follow their own policies that they've set they also have a legal duty of care to ensure the safety of their students at school. So what that really means is that the schools uh, need to be taking reasonable steps to protect the young person or any young person or student at the school from, from harm. Mm. And that harm can definitely include bullying and it could definitely extend to cyberbullying. There have been cases before that have ended up in court about a, you know, a school's failure to, to protect students from harm in school because mm. of a bullying situation. So mm. the law can definitely apply, you know, also in those school setting situations. And I think that the really great thing about using the school avenue and kind of understanding a little bit more about the obligations that schools have is that, again, it kind of is that less formal and perhaps mm. for the young person, less scary kind mm. of option to take is going to the school and, or like you say, writing a letter to the other personal people who are involved. That's a really fantastic way of potentially resolving these situations. Would you say that the steps that are taken by under the law are different in almost every situation that you see when it comes to things like cyberbullying? Yeah, yeah, look, they are. And I guess that's the the reality. And, you know, that's why Youth Law Australia is here to help parents and carers and young people to understand how the laws might apply to their situation. So as I mentioned, um, our website does have a lot of information. So parents and carers might be able to go online there and understand, okay, this is what's happened to my child and this is this is how the laws apply. But it might be much more complicated than that. And it, and it might be much easier for them just to, to reach out to us and, and get advice about that. So it's definitely really important to understand that the laws are quite you know, complex and varied when it comes to cyberbullying. And they do vary um, from state to state in Australia as well. So that's why it's important that if a parent or carer really wants to understand the law and their legal options, that they um, do reach out to us if they want some confidential advice. We will leave all of the links to your website and how to contact Youth Law Australia in the show notes. From your experience working in the law, what would you say is something that parents and carers need to be aware of when it comes to supporting their kids if they experience cyberbullying? I guess our first message would be to parents and carers and 
and to young people that it's young people don't have to put up with cyberbullying. It's definitely not okay. And, and then there are things you can do to try and, and stop it. As we've mentioned, I think it's important for parents and carers to keep in mind that sometimes there are pretty simple steps to to stop cyberbullying. So as we've mentioned, you know, reporting to the social media platform, updating um, a young person's privacy settings can really help. And similarly, reporting to the e-safety commissioner, the e-safety commissioner with its with its formal legal powers can sometimes really step in and, and resolve the situation. And that's kind of the end of it. Something else that we like to remind parents and carers to keep in mind um, is to, and, you know, the young people as well, is to um, always keep a record of any cyberbullying mm. that's happening. So this involves, can involve taking screenshots of harmful or threatening messages or posts. And it's a good idea to include, you know, the time, the date that the post was made. It's really important to keep these records for if for some reason the parent or carer or young person does decide to report to the police or even just in terms of um, making a report to the e-safety commissioner, that kind of evidence is going to be mm. really important. I guess another thing that we recommend parents and carers to do is to follow our social uh, media um, pages to stay up to date with developments um, on the law and on, on cyberbullying. Uh, as you mentioned, cyberbullying is a very complex and ever-changing area of the law. So a uh, good idea is for parents and carers and for the young people to, to stay up to date. So our social media um, pages will give that information and so will other organisations like the eSafety Commissioner. And lastly, I guess something just to remember, and you know, we've already touched on this, is that we really encourage parents and carers to involve their young people when they're coming to us and when they're trying to help their young people resolve cyberbullying situation or any kind of legal situation. So we're happy to give legal advice directly to young people, um, but we're also happy to give legal advice to a parent or carer, particularly where the young person can't contact us for some reason or is a bit worried about contacting us as long as we know the parent um, and carer has the child's best interests at heart. That's reminded me to note as well that people can contact Youth Law Australia for any kind of legal issue that a young person is experiencing, whether that's something that's happened to them or something that they've been accused of doing or being involved in. It's not just in relation to cyberbullying. Inez, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really helpful to better understand some of the legal ramifications that cyberbullying can carry and I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for um, having us. Uh, it's been, been great to, to chat about it. Just a, a reminder for parents and carers and for young people, they can contact us uh, at any time online through our website gethelp.yla.org.au or on our 1-800-950-570 number and um, everything that uh, parent or carer does tell us or a young person will be kept uh, completely confidential and our service is a free service so parents and carers and young people don't have to worry about any cost if, if they are looking for some legal advice and support about their situation. I'm now joined by Kim Harper who is a parenting expert and the parent line manager to discuss what we've learned today and how you can use this information when parenting your children and young people. Kim, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. One of the things that Inez and I spoke about is supporting young people to seek outcomes or the reparations that they would like. 
And this is something that a lot of our guests have talked about is the idea of empowering children and young people. How do you think that empowering children and young people to take back control and power in situations where they're, for example, experiencing bullying or cyberbullying can help with long-term outcomes for them? I think regardless of the outcome that they choose, them being in control of which direction they choose to take in that is what is empowering. I think it's important, and again, we've spoken about parents having these conversations with their their kids, parents being there to help problem solve, but respecting and understanding that the child's perception of the event and what they might want to come out of it could be very different to how a parent is perceiving it as well. So if a child is choosing to kind of go down those kind of avenues, actually being their choice, I think, is incredibly important. I think it's really important that they're supported to be a part of that process. I think the fact that Youth Law Australia are really passionate about working with the young person, working with the child, that it's an empowering space where they've made a decision and the parent is the secondary support is great. This is an experience that the child has gone through. Regardless of their decision-making and us, and as a parent, our job is to support them. It's to try and help them make the right call, but ultimately it is their their decision which avenue they want to go with that. And so I think the fact that they're supporting families when the child has actively made that choice is a really good way of working working in that space. I think it's also about understanding, and we've spoken about this briefly, like how they got to that point in the first place, that again, there's no black and white. There's no 100%, this is the right way to go. And so like having conversations between the kids before you contact different organisations, the kids and the parents, and so we understand each other, that we can support each other is is the very first step that we need to be taking in that space. What that really highlights for me as well is the feelings that children and young people are having in some of these situations are probably a loss of control and a loss of power around what they're going through. So having someone cyberbullying you or bullying you can feel incredibly disempowering for young people. And so being supported by organisations like Youth or Australia or by your parents and carers to take back that power and control and feel more empowered can help long term with feeling like we had a choice over what happened. Absolutely. It can also be like a really lonely place to be. So then when you finally kind of talk to someone uh, about what you've been going through to feel not alone is huge. It's huge. I think to feel respected, to feel supported, that adds to that, that, that sense of empowerment as well. For some people, it can be really scary to take that step to contact a legal service. And I think especially for young people who may be the only depiction of a lawyer that they've ever seen has been on TV. How can parents best support their children and young people to take that step if they want to, to contact a lawyer or to contact Youth Law Australia? I think first and foremost, it's about parents understanding their role. Their role in, the, in this space is secondary. Their role is to, to be that support. And we're going to grab a few different things that we've spoken about in this podcast. We're going to talk about that concept of a safety net. 
you know, in this, when we, when, when kids decide to kind of take this, this next step, we're the safety net. We're the ones that are standing behind them. We're the ones that are going to catch them if they fall. And on top of that, we spoke about how do, how do parents emotionally support their children. We're going to keep our feet loose and we're going to be there regardless of what kind of emotional response our kids are going to have, if they're worried, if they're scared, if they're really proud of themselves. Regardless of what the emotion is, it's our job as the parent in that space to be that safety net and to navigate whatever emotion they're kind of throwing. That's our job. Our job is to catch that emotion and sit with it and help them. It's not our job to push kids in in a direction that they don't want to go in. It's not our job to insist that a certain outcome needs to, to happen. It's our job to support their experience because it is their experience. Kim, thank you so much for joining me and for rounding out this episode. Thank you. To find out more about anything we've discussed on today's episode, access free resources or get in touch with the show, please visit parentline.com.au and hit the cyberbullying tab. If you'd like to talk privately with a professional counsellor, please call Parentline on 1300 30 1300 or visit parentline.com.au to chat to us online.